Take it away, Derek. What's your question? Why do you guys talk about comics so much? Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? 18 years. <laughs> Toothbrush is still fresh. <laughs> Did they have sex? Because, I mean, she Hulk, you know. Damn it, Tony. We went an entire episode without mentioning Maggot, and then you ruined it. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read him? Batman's got his little fishbowl on his head, but <laughs> Superman doesn't. Cyclops was right. Except when he was wrong. Master Bruce, you are calm. I'm going to silently judge all of you. Shut up, beast. Shut <laughs> up. Like, I've read it so many times, you know, it pretty much just crumbled in my hands. Come on, old chum. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? See, I didn't hate Hellcat until you made me read this miniseries. It was just a joke, but you made it real, Justin. No. You made it real. I, I prefer my Dazzler singing, like, Creed and Clearwater Revival songs at Australian bars. Titty discs in it. That's supposed to be known as from now on. Like, I'm going to go <laughs> into the Marvel Wikipedia and whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get better than that. Comic books. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey guys, welcome back to another kicktastic, puncherific episode of Fanholes Comics. Motherfucker, do you read them? Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC, and I am not alone tonight. I am joined by two, count them, two of my favorite fanhole tournament fighters. Why don't you guys give a shout out and let everybody know who's here tonight? Hey, it's Mike, and Blanca is angry because Ken teach him to read. <laughs> and this is Justin Toasty. Uh, uh, Edmund Honda, uh, school teacher of kicking Malibu superheroes' asses, is now in session. Yeah, so so yeah, we're 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 here tonight. In case you haven't figured it out, our our overarching theme for this this episode of comics, motherfucker, do you read them? Is going to be fighting game comic books. So we each picked the initial first issue of a a uh, fighting game franchise of our choice. And I guess we're going to go the, you know, the in chronological order of sort of release. So it'll be Mike, Justin, and then myself. And I guess just to kick it off, I'm going to let Mike tell us what he decided to bring to share with the class tonight. And, and then we'll discuss it a little bit. So I'm, I'm handing it over to you, Michael. Well, I, uh, picked the first issue of the Street Fighter comic uh, released in 1993 by Malibu Comics. Uh, it's kind of infamous for its, uh, let's say, awfulness. And uh, yeah, it was infamously canceled after three issues, like according to the letters page of the third issue, because Capcom said, this sucks, we're not letting you use our characters anymore. <laughs> like, so... Yeah, like, I don't know how much truth is in that, but that's what the, the actual letters page, like, claims, so, but... That's funny, because, uh, you know, there was, like, a, a blurb at the beginning, and it continued to the end, and it's like, we spent six hours discussing story lore with Capcom, and blah, 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 and we're gonna make a great comic. That's that's really funny. Oh! I, I pulled it up, so so I can just I can just read it real quick, yeah, at least not, not, not the whole thing, but, like, as many of you might have heard... Due to complications with Capcom and their dislike of our adaptation of the most popular game in the world, concluding with this issue, Street Fighter, the comic book, has officially been 
canceled. We can all go home. We formally apologize for the dissatisfaction and disappointment we know this news can and will generate. We are true fans of Street Fighter, so even though we will no longer be publishing it, we sincerely hope someone does. And then, basically, they go on to share, like, things that that would have happened had they been allowed to continue with... Because I guess it was supposed to be a six-issue series, not a three-issue series. I guess all the people who died reading the Malibu comic died (laughs) for nothing. For nothing, and they can all go home. Oh man, yeah, I, I like I read this like probably like sometime in the late '90s, like when I was big into Street Fighter, because it the first three issues were like in some kind of like gift pack that they sold at like Toys R Us or something, and that's how I remember I like I remember getting it not knowing what it was, and I'm like, oh cool, a Street Fighter comic, and then like reading all three issues and being like, what the hell was that? Like, and I was only like probably like eleven or twelve at the time, and I knew this was like garbage, so. You read it and you did a Krusty the Clown a clown reaction. Yeah. What the hell is that? <laughs> uh, Derek, did uh, you read this like ahead of before you knew what it was, or? Yeah, you, you know, I'm trying to remember why I read this. I know, I know, I read it sometime in 2008, and and I I think that was due to the the wonders and graces of digital comic books because I know I never read this. Like, I never read a hard copy of this, like, with floppies or anything like that. I didn't even know about its infamy until, I think, much, much later. I, I, I'm starting to wonder if maybe, like, you triggered me to read it. Like, because I, I, I can't remember exactly why I checked it out. But I think I heard, you know, I, the, the infamy preceded itself. And, and then I was just curious, like, and, and I ended up reading it on my own. And, like... I don't know. I mean, are are you are you gonna are, are you gonna read the synopsis, or should we start discussing it, or, or like yeah, how? Me, yeah, I will read the uh, somewhat poor synopsis written for it on the Street Fighter wiki. Like, I could have like corrected some of the grammar and made it easier to read, but I decided it, an awful comic deserves an awful summary. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, whoever wrote that on the Street Fighter wiki, but yeah, your grammar sucks. But anyway, here, here we go. Oh, uh, I should start off by mentioning uh, this series is written by Len Strazuski, uh, penciled by, uh, at least this first issue is penciled by Don Hillsman, uh, inked by Jeff Whiting, uh, lettered by Tim Eldred, and uh, I think that's it. Yeah. And yeah, it came out in 1993. And yeah, so here's the summary. Ryu is fighting Sagat in the street with a crowd. Ryu uses the dragon punch, in quotations, giving Sagat the scar he has on his chest. The fight was just a playback on a TV that Sagat destroys in anger. Balrog is behind him, badmouthing him. Sagat and Balrog then have a brawl on the spot. They are then interrupted by M. Bison, who yells at them, declaring they both work for him, and that Ryu must be defeated for him to carry out his evil plans, and so Sagat can be the Street Fighter champion once again. (laughs) 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 I gotta catch my breath. Hang on. Um, That wasn't a real answer. Sagat complains that Ryu won't challenge him, even if he threatens him. Then they get a plan that if they threaten his friends Ken or Chun-Li, he might have to fight. Meanwhile, Ryu sneaks up on Chun-Li and she gets really angry at him and they have a battle to prove... <laughs> Sorry. 
me try that again. <laughs> um, meanwhile, Ryu sneaks up on Johnny. <laughs> Sorry, this is so terrible. <laughs> I think you can't edit this. You gotta keep all this in. <laughs> Meanwhile, Ryu sneaks up on Chun-Li and she gets really angry at him and have a battle to prove that she is most powerful woman in the world. <laughs> Ryu then says afterward that she is. <laughs> Chun-Li then undoes her buns and tries to make out with Ryu. <laughs> Ryu rejects the kiss and tells her that they are together to train. Chun-Li gets angry and tells him all he cares about is fighting and he has no time for love and friends. Ryu tells Chun-Li that ever since the tournament, Ken turned into a celebrity and is done with street fighting. Later on, Ken is doing a commercial and then leaves to a bar. After some women decide to have a drink with him, he wonders why he is there when he should be training. Ken sneaks out and comes across Balrog. Balrog immediately starts a fight with Ken. Ken gets beaten badly, realizing he hasn't had a serious fight in a while. I think there was a random period in the middle of that one. Ken then makes a good comeback, but then is interrupted by bullets from gang members helping Balrog to escape. Ken thinks it's over, then Sagat appears behind him. The end. (laughs) That's what you wish, but there's two more issues after this. Yeah, there's two more issues after this, but... Yeah, so this this issue, I guess, isn't as bad as the two like following it, but it's still, yeah. I, even when I read it when I was like, you know, a, a teenager, I thought I was like, this doesn't seem like very like Street Fighter ish at all. Like, like I, I don't know, it, it felt more like Mortal Kombat to me. Like, it's a lot like grittier and like more real, real quote unquote realistic, like. I always feel like Street Fighter, you know, obviously, like, being from Japan has, like, a sort of anime flavor to it. So I feel when people try to draw, like, these characters in a more, like, realistic manner, I don't know, it always kind of feels off to me. And, like, this certainly does have that, like, uh, quality to it. What do you guys, like, think of the art, like, in general? I think it's really bad. Like, anytime they show him (laughs) Bison... You know what he looks like? His face looks like Khan at the end of Wrath of Khan when he's all like messed up from explosions and he's like, No, you can't get away and his you know, his, his face is all messed up and melting, like that's what M. Bison's face looks like all the time. Looks like he's always opening yeah. an acne an acne package with like explosive dynamite that just went <laughs> off in his face. Even even on the cover, his like ear isn't even in the right place. Like I don't like on the cover it looks like he's like melted or scarred or yeah, like Justin said, and his ear is like all deformed and shit. So I guess just for some context, uh Don Hillsman the second is the penciler, right? Like as far as I can see, and people can correct me if 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 this is is not correct, but it looks like after this, he mostly has inking credits. So I, I guess he just went on to be an inker, and maybe penciling wasn't his his uh, forte or something like that. And so like he's got like a lot of cross gen credits because I know you've been reading a bunch of cross-gen books lately justin and mm-hmm. then like some of the dc books that people might be familiar with that he inked were damage primal force and then and then eventually it looks like in the early 2000s he did ink 
the ongoing Gambit and Rogue series that were coming out back then. So, I mean, he, he went on to have a career, but I think I think it was mostly inking rather than penciling. So, so that just that's to give some context. As far as the writing goes, I think I've probably liked most of the things that Len Straczynski has written, except for this, maybe. Um, he's got a lot of Ultraverse and Impact comic credits. So, you know, that's like, you know, the, the Prime, the Prototype, uh, you know, Comet, the Fly, like, think characters like that. Um, he wrote that Tom Lyle penciled JSA miniseries, Justin, the 12-issue the or maybe 8-issue one. I forget how long that went, but it, it ran for a little while, and that was, like, the first one, like, in the early 90s. And then and then it, he pretty much, I think after Roger Stern left the Will Payton Starman comic, he wrote, like, pretty much the back half of that book, like, once. Goodbye, Snoopy. Once, once he, once Snoopy once, left. Yeah, once, once Snoopy left. Once, once, uh, once Roger Stern left, that Len Straczynski wrote that, and and just you know, because I'm I'm sure there's going to be some some roasting here and there, but just to just to to have some some context of positivity, like the, the those miniseries, the you know JSA mini, the the Ultraverse and Impact books that I mentioned, and then and then the Will Payton Starman series, like I enjoyed reading most of those. I I think I agree with Mike. Like this first issue doesn't come off as badly as the subsequent issues do. But and then the the thing I'm wondering about in terms of context is like like how much did we really know about Street Fighter in mid 1993? Like I mean like I guess I get that like because for me like I guess you were saying you sort of read this in real time because you bought it from like maybe a Toys R Us or something like that. Like I read this in 2008. So I feel like it's easy for me to see like, oh, wow, like they, they went way off the rails with this comic book, you know, at some point. Right. And it doesn't quite line up to what I'm the most familiar with. But I mean, at, at this point, what had come out like had this I, I'm guessing we'd seen the Street Fighter to animated movie by this point at least right like um actually i think that's a little after that like okay like, maybe a year or two after this like like so okay. yeah like you're you're right like this is fairly very early and like at least especially the american like street fighter career yeah, I mean, basically I, I i'm just gonna come at it to the vantage point of it's probably easy to throw stones at it now but but i mean you know even if it was a shitty trailblaze, like they they were trying to trailblaze something, and then I I think this is just from my perspective, but I think even back then in 1993, like I I think you need to view this as this is an American comic book company viewing a property that's a Japanese video game and trying to again, tweak it. Like, think about what they used to do with, you know, Dragon Ball dubs, or think about what, you know, to me, like, the, the first thing I think of is, dude, they took Bruce Lee's idea and cast David Carradine in the lead role, right? That's fucking Kane on Kung Fu, right? Like, this, I think, I think the reason why people react to this so badly is this Street Fighter comic is 
Kane on Kung Fu. And we eventually got Street Fighter, I guess, adaptations that were like Bruce Lee starring in a TV series about Kung Fu later. So especially in hindsight, it looks really awkward and stupid. You know, like that, that's kind of my context for it because, because it seems like even though they try to make Ryu the lead character, like he's supposed to be in the context of the, the video game, it seems like it quickly shifts to Ken because Ken's the American. And I, I think, of anybody in this, even though it, this is going to be funny to say, but like, you know, be, and, and, you know, of course we're talking about spoilers and stuff that didn't even happen in the first issue, but like the, the moment that like really smacks of horror and, and feels extremely wrong to me is the moment where he finally gets, Ken finally gets defeated by Sagat in issue two and they scalp him. Like, and, and there's the scene where Sagat yeah. takes a knife and they, they make the motion like he's going to scalp him. And then later, I'm like, uh, all I can think about the later scene is, man, what a waste of a good fucking Porsche. I mean, I assume it's Ken's Porsche, right? <laughs> but they take a Porsche, a fucking Porsche, and they put it like, I don't know, a brick on the gas pedal or some shit and drive it into, I don't even know how they managed to like, I don't know how a runaway Porsche sneaks up on a fucking Zen, like street fighter, fighter master in the middle of like this, this Japanese, like, like mountainy, you know, like, like nature setting. It'd be like, dude, Justin, it'd be like if a Porsche snuck up on you where you live, right? Like, how does that happen? Right? It doesn't, right? You know, when the fucking car's coming like come on like this is ridiculous like like you know and, and so like anyway it's a waste of a porsche and then you have the probably the most infamous scene outside of the scalping which is ryu kind of holding up the scalp of ken going you killed my dead best friend i hate you what? or whatever <laughs> yeah. and shit. it's like it's like super uh, horrible right well, th- and to be specific he says ken my oldest friend no <laughs> you know and and it, 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 I get, I get that like that kind of stuff that that is is ridiculously horrible. And but I guess the other thing that I'm trying to point to is that they they probably didn't know what we know now. Like to, to me, I, I would say outside of the video game franchise itself, that Street Fighter II animated movie. You know, and the Americanized dub of it with Silver Chair and all those different musical bands and stuff in it. Like, that's kind of what I, you know, that's what I imprinted on that I see as de facto Street Fighter. Like, if it goes, if it goes too far outside the realm of that movie, much like the, you know, the the live action movie did, like, that's, that's when you start to question it, you know, and, and this obviously goes outside of that that framework as well and so you start to question it but again what if what you're saying is true like this this kind of predates it a little bit so maybe they didn't know so much because i mean they tried to follow the context of the games i mean the 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 moments in the first issue where they're setting up the original street fighter game that that Sagat and Ryu Sagat and Ryu had that you know, match together and that Ryu defeated him, which by the way, in that, in that synopsis, it sounded hilarious to me because it sounded like Ryu was fighting Sagat with a giant crowd of people, like instead of <laughs> the giant crowd of people was watching the fight. Like, so anyway, that, that was hilarious to me, but 
you know, th- th- I guess that's that's kind of what I was thinking of. And and I guess what I was trying to get back to was the, the Americanization. It's like Ken Ken's death. The reason why they do that one, Ken's death was meant to be a fake out. He was never intended to die. So it's kind of like reading the 90s issue of X-Men that we covered that 281 where like Jean Grey immediately dies at the end of the issue and then she comes right back the next issue. I mean, they didn't bring Ken back immediately, but the idea was, you know, by issue 4 or 5 you'd see, dude, he's bald, but he's fine. <laughs> I like, love, like, okay. like that 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 thing at the end of issue three where they say like what would have happened in like subsequent issues. It's like when it comes to Ken, it's like, oh, Ken would have been alive, but he would have been bald. Like, he, he would have been bald. <laughs> and but I guess I guess my thinking though is they make Ken to be such a stand-up guy, which is what's funny is Ken comes off the best in this comic, except for the fact that they mercilessly scalp and kill him, right? Which is a funny thing to say, right? But Ken is almost like the Uncle Ben in this. You know, it's like it galvanizes all the other characters to get together, whether they hate Ken's guts or they're, they're, they consider Ken their dearest friend. The notion, <laughs> the notion is that they're all going to come together to either revenge him or, or basically, you, you know, the, the kind of Luthor thing of like, was it supposed to be Doomsday? It was supposed to be me that killed them. And then, of course, that, that <laughs> like, pisses... <laughs> I know we're like talking about issue one, but issue three is like like it. Everyone like everyone get, issue three like has a string of scenes where everyone receives the news of Ken's death, and like as I joked uh, about in my intro, like Blanca is all mad because Ken taught him to read. Like yes, so he yes. like rips some guy's face off, like who just happens <laughs> to be nearby. Well, I, I like how I like how they try to justify it because it's like I, I forget what they call them, but it's like oh they they were criminals or they were drugs dealers or you know basically it was some it was some dude who deserved to have his face ripped off but like you wouldn't know from the way the art went down like that 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 there was anything nefarious about these guys they just looked like they were sitting there minding their own business but luckily I think the dialogue is like, oh yeah, they were they were child rapists or something, and you're like, oh okay, then, it's fine. That but then good. you've got like that scene of Guile like sitting in the bar and he hears of Ken's death and like he's like a bar fight breaks out and he kicks the shit out of all these guys and then the bartender's like, hey, you're damaging my bar and Guile's like, I was in Desert Storm and then he levels <laughs> I, the fucking bar like what? <laughs> I love that that that's like dude, God, that that's what cracks me up is like like Ken. Ken was supposed to be the quote unquote good American in that context. And, and, and Guile, I guess somehow was like the guy gardener in that context or something. But like, like what's funny is like what cracks me up about that scene the most is the douchebag who started the fight was in a UCLA sweater. And he's the one that dumps his beer on Guile's like little Brillo cut or whatever. And that starts the whole thing. And by the end of it, I love it when he's like, but that's how we roll in desert storm. And he just does a fucking, you know, whatever it is. He does the sonic boom on the fucking entire bar and fucking, I don't know. It's, it's pretty like that made me laugh because it probably shouldn't have, but I thought it was fucking hilarious. But, but I mean, the 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 first issue like like one thing i noticed is and i i don't know if this is a good thing or a bad thing but it's like i i kind of noticed like there's a discrepancy between and i think it's purposeful but like it's like part of the street fight like and part of the americanization of these characters is it it kind of reminds me they tried to make ken and i think guile like what we're talking about the american characters 
a lot like maybe somebody like Muhammad Ali, where like the fight, it, it's not it's not a Japanese thing where like both guys stare each other down and they assess each other, and then before even the first you know samurai blade is is tossed, they know who's going to win the fight and all this other shit, and it's all kind of you know like zen like and 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 like a chess game or whatever you want to call it. This is more like like the smack talk stuff. It's like it's like you're 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 mentally destroying your opponent, their ego and and who they are before you get in the ring, and then you and then you physically pummel them. And like Ken's getting pummeled because they're cheating. It's like they send in Balrog to beat the shit out of him first, and Balrog can't hold his own, even though Ken's been this like I don't know this actor type, this commercial. You know, he 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 complains about selling you know cheap, disgusting swill or whatever it is. You know, what whatever energy drink they're making him hawk or some crap like that, which he would never drink in a million years. But yet, this is how he pays the bills. And I thought it was funny that it's it's like they talk about he pays the bills for Eliza, and but they also acknowledge that he's independently wealthy. But they they're they're saying oh but but this is my own you know out this is me financing my my wife and kid outside of the the inherited wealth like so it's supposed to show like what a good guy he is and what a self it's like he's a self made man per se even though he's inherently and independently wealthy and he doesn't have to do this but but he does it anyway because maybe he enjoys it is the idea and then and then they have that scene where even though his thought balloons are like oh shit balrog just like you know severed my tendon and broke my fucking ribs and you know i don't know pummeled me in the face but then then his dialogue is like man balrog you ain't so tough you didn't do shit to me i'm gonna kick your ass so it's like you don't you know, the, basically, if you're in a street fight, I guess the idea is you don't you don't let the other guy see you sweat. You 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 take note of that, but you you still show a tough face or put on a, a strong front so that that psychological aspect is still in effect. But of course, that doesn't work because then then Sagat shows up and continues like the beatdown, basically. What do you guys think of the concept of Ryu and Chun-Li being, like, in a romantic relationship? Because that's not, like, it's not something that's unheard of, like, when later on, but it is some, it's more like Ryu is, like, say, Superman and Chun-Li's, like, Wonder Woman. And it's like, you know, it's kind of like, oh, they could get together. They should. They're, they're the two strongest, but they don't, like, you know, they're probably better off as friends. But, like, it was that odd to you guys, or...? that's the big thing about this issue i wanted to talk about because like yeah like i i don't think this is a good comic like i thought it was kind of dumb and then like the sequence that stands out to me is that whole ryu and chun li sequence i mean like it's so awkward and like okay look at the panel where like he comes up behind her like that's his rape face and then she's like uh <laughs> she's like you repulse me and then they fight and then she's like, am I not beautiful? And the strongest woman in the world, she takes her hair down and they make out and shit. And then it's like, they quit. And I'm like, what is even going on in this comic? This is like a seven-year-old's perception of like people in a relationship or something. It makes no sense. It's so awkward. It's not very well drawn either. I mean, like I said, they go from like, 
you know, here's his right face, and she's like, pig, you repulse me, they fight, and then she's like, am I not beautiful? And then they make out, and I'm like, what is going on here? Like, that, like, even I, in a comic book where, like, reality is, like, you know, it's like, oh, you gotta take some things with a grain of salt, and that, that's, <laughs> that's a stretch, man. It's, it's a pretty awkward scene, but I, I felt like they, they were trying, but failing to do some kind of Red Sonia-ish thing with that. Like, all, all the lines that Ryu says, like, don't age very well to me or come off well. Because it's like, he, he's got that one line where he says, I take no insults from a mere woman, you know? And, and, and then you're kind of like, oh, well, nobody would like that today, right? Like, they'd be all upset over if, if, you're, if your lead heroic character said that. Like, they'd be like, well, what, what's a big deal, you know, with her being a woman? Clearly, like, she's... She's very skilled, and, and, and then she goes on to tell him, like, it's funny how he, he, he's like, well, you have no evidence, and then he gets mad at her for joining the police force. and calls Yeah, he's like, you abandoned the way of warrior for common police work? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, That's what? my avatar, yeah, and his I, face just, when he says I'm just that. Kinda like, I'm just kind of <laughs> like, that doesn't make any sense, really. Like, so, I mean, I'm not, I'm not opposed to to Ryu and Chun-Li having a relationship or, or if that's a direction they wanted to take with the characters. Like I I'm probably, even though I agree with everybody, I understand the infamy. I understand why this entire three issues was viewed unfavorably. Like I understand why Capcom said, no, stop, don't do this anymore. (laughs) Like I, I understand that. I'm, the only thing I'll just say is, in its defense, this first issue doesn't have as many flaws as the subsequent issues. Even though it's awkward, I, I was I, my my excuse is going to be again: how much did they really know about this to fuck it up? Like I don't I don't think they knew enough to know that they were doing something wrong. And I don't I don't know whose fault that is because it, I mean if 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 all these write-ups are to be believed, they did spend time with Capcom. So, like, somebody from Capcom had to greenlight this. Like, you know, it's not like it... I mean, I get that somebody eventually saw it and said, all right, stop, because this is this is not good, right, for our, our IPs. But somebody must have greenlit, you know what I mean? Like, they couldn't have just said, oh, go ahead and do whatever you want, right? I mean, I don't know if it's just like... Stringent is like Lucasfilm, you know, sending out comic books and, you know, saying, no, you can't do a second Death Star and all that shit. But I don't know, like, like some, somebody probably somewhere along the way had to have said this was OK at the time until they 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 took that back. Yeah, no, you're you're definitely right. Like, I I you, this I, I read this, like I said, in the late nineties, so probably like four or five years after it had been like published, but <clears throat> that's still I mean, that's still obviously um in Street Fighters like heyday. So like by that point I was I had probably been exposed to like, you know, Alpha, the Alpha series and like multiple other games. So that's probably why this came off as so wrong to me. But you're you're absolutely right. I mean, for this this came out I think like I year or two after street fighter 2 came out so like 
I mean, yeah, I mean, there's, I mean, there's were, a lot were, of wiggle room. They, they were still figuring stuff out too, because because isn't the big joke that they that it's it's not uh, Goken is their master, it's Shen Long. Because... Yeah, Shen, which is a mistranslation. Yeah, yeah, because so... like in the first game, like Ryu's win quote is like, "You must defeat Shen Long to stand a chance." But they mistranslated that because it was supposed to be you must defeat my Shoruken to stand a chance, which is, you know, rising dragon fist. And Shenlong is like a dragon god. So they kind of like conflated the two somehow. And then I forgot how it I think it was like Game Pro or something said that Shenlong was Ryu's master. And then they had like this hoax thing like in their magazine where it's like, you know, if you like play a totally perfect game and never never get hit once and then like lose to bison like you, you like 30 times in a row you can fight shenlong or whatever and like that <laughs> like fooled like all the stupid kids of like 1991 and 92 or whatever that okay. kind of thing right there really takes me back because i remember like buying video game magazines and you're just like you read stupid stuff like that like i remember doing that for like Marvel versus Capcom and um, Smash Brothers. It's like, oh, if you beat, you know, the giant hand five times in a row without taking a hit, you can unlock Luigi. And of course, there is no like, you know, Luigi or Sonic or anything like that in those games. It was all like made up stuff. I'm like, did I did I like mess up somewhere or is this thing lying to me? And you're like, well, this it's is a magazine. Lies. Look at what lies. Everything is lies. Everything is lies. Like, I guess somehow. That got like you know that mutated and became, took on a life of its own, and it somehow like you know found its way into official like materials. I assume that the writer referenced or whatever, because yeah, Shen they never show him, but like in subsequent issues, like Shenlong sort of makes off-screen appearances, and he's got like weird like long fingernails and shit, and he's like, I mean, he he kind of looks like uh, what's his face, like Pepe, Tai Pepe, you know, like one of the like Kill Bill kind of. Uh, Shaw Brothers mm. masters, you know, like he's got that big long beard and the nails and everything. And then that one, that one chick they made up for the the comic, like she's she's mad at Ryu because she thinks he killed her father or something, and like she's going to Shenlong to get trained or some crap, like so. Yeah, like in the the third issue, and then like like Derek has said, we get in the third issue, uh, the Malibu character, the ferret guest stars and like fights E Honda and suffers E Honda's butt crunch. And was what, what was the ferret part of Ultra Force, Derek? No, the the ferret. The I don't really know too much about these guys. Like. It, Ultra Ultraverse was a separate imprint that was published by Malibu, but Malibu had its own line of like superhero comics. So there was a, a superhero team called the Protectors, and the Ferret was a member of the Protectors, and he had his own title. And there were a number of titles that somehow, you know, I, I you know, it was basically they had their own superhero line. Like I'm super unfamiliar. Like the only time I've ever read the ferret was in this issue of street fighter. And I, I thought it was kind of weird that he looks pretty much in a civilian identity. I mean, he's like him and Ken could have been like, you know, 
two gentlemen of Verona or some shit. You know, it's like they. <laughs> it's like some might, people. Might have been interspersed, you know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if some people thought they were supposed to be like the same character and Ken faked his death and became like the ferret or yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because, I mean, they, 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 yeah, they, I mean, it's, it's that, it's that age old gag. You know, you take off, uh, you know, Cap and Hawkeye and, and Hank Pym's masks and they all, you know, look alike on the beach in Speedos or some shit, you know, like, because, um, yeah. What if, hear me out, what if they were secret brothers? They, 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 they were <laughs> most they assuredly were. secret brothers. Indeed, <laughs> yes. That totally makes sense, yes. Street Fighter canon. But yeah, so like, yeah, this, I mean, this issue was like, you know, it is infamous, was infamous. I mean, I, I got to read it, you know, fairly soon after it was released, like relatively soon. And like, yeah, and like Derek said, he tracked it down. Was this your first time reading it, Justin? I think so. Like, I remember when we were betting this idea around, like you mentioned this, and I was like, I think I read this. But reading this, like now, like I don't remember ever reading this. So I guess so. Either... Either I read it and it was so bad I blanked it out of my mind and had no memory of it, but I, I think this is the first time I read this. Like I, I feel like I would have remembered Reuse Rape Face before. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not it's not quite in that same realm as the Van Damme movie where it's so bad it's good. It's more in that yeah. realm of it's so bad it's bad. Like you know. Yeah. You know, you know how it is. Uh, rape face and, and calling your man a pig; those are like signs of foreplay, right, Justin? You know, that's, that's, that's how that works. I've, I've been doing it so wrong for years and years. <laughs> <laughs> and shooting, shooting the girl you like with fireballs. Yeah, that's that's what it is. That's that's how you roll. So yeah, like that was my issue. Like you, you guys want to move on? Yeah, yeah. So uh, Justin brought the the next issue in chronological order here. So why don't you why don't you tell the listeners what what fighting game comic you brought, and then we can uh, you know discuss. Get over here! My comic is also from Malibu. It is Mortal Kombat Blood and Thunder number one. It sold for a, oh my god! I can't believe I actually paid two ninety five for this piece of shit. Oh god. That was the cover price. It has a release date of July 1994. It was written by Charles Marshall and illustrated by Patrick Rollo. And the synopsis is... A bunch of stupid shit happens on a boat. (laughs) (laughs) And if that synopsis doesn't do it for you, here's my Linkara review. This comic sucks. (laughs) Did, Um, Did he ever review this? I don't know, probably. Um, for like, I kind of really, for real synopsis, but not really. Um, basically, Johnny Cage, Sonya, Liu Kang, Kano, Sub-Zero, they all end up on a boat for various reasons. Sonya's after Kano. Johnny Cage wants to increase his fame by being in this tournament. Liu Kang's going because he was invited, even though they're sending another guy from his dojo or wherever the shit he's practicing. Um, there's some fighting. That's basically it. Yeah, I I always like Mortal Kombat better than Street Fighter. I just, I don't know. I, I like Street Fighter. I just like Mortal Kombat a little bit better. So I did buy this when it was out, and I was excited because I liked Mortal Kombat. And 
I don't think I've read this since it was released. Like, I feel like I traded this away, you know, probably like a few months later at school or something, because I don't really have much memory of this. But um, kind of like Mike's Street Fighter comic, there's a lot of weird stuff in here that sticks out to me. It's like in this, Sonya has his partner who never gets named. Like, I, like, I read this thing like three times. I'm like, surely they mentioned this guy's name. Nope, he's just a guy with a middle arm. And for a minute, I was like, is this like a white version of Jax? Because he's got a middle arm. And then there's like, there's this really bad panel where I'm not sure if his arm can stretch or. He's like, he's like read, read. It's, it's, I think it's awful foreshortening, but yeah, but that's, that's just how I took it. So I will say you're absolutely right about the first issue. They never mention his name. My original okay. note was, who's this guy with Sonya Blade? The Bionic yeah. Six Man? Like, who is he? The Charlie of Mortal Kombat? Because if you keep reading, eventually, like, uh, Kano murders him in, like, one of the first tournaments. And at that point, she's like, no, Lance, my dearest friend! <laughs> you know, like, and so his name is Lance. Apparently, here, we no, I want to say Lance. <laughs> uh, my dearest friend, um, Lance, I think is his name. I don't really remember. Anyway, his name is Lance. And then, and then um, uh, I didn't get too far into this, but I noticed an ad. And apparently there's a spinoff miniseries that's called Mortal Kombat, like U.S soldiers or u.s agents or you know something along those lines so it's supposed to be like you know jacks and and uh sonia and then this guy lance and then there's a bunch of other you know i don't know like like secret agent guys and the only reason why it stood out to me was because i'm pretty sure the the ad was penciled by bart sears or at least andy smith like what one of those two so i was like oh and i was like i wonder if they did any of the interiors or anything. And at some point I may go look at that, but I, I, that just made me curious, but just, just because I, I, I actually read like the, the six issues of this and the, the tournament, like the annual. Cause I was just like, ah, I might as well see what this whole thing's about, you know? And so I did that, but yeah, at some point Kano kills Lance and his name is Lance. See, I knew even if I did, like, a jokey, shitty synopsis, you would fill in some, like, actual facts, so you did not <laughs> let me down. <laughs> um, there's also more weird stuff in here. Like, there's these two characters. You know, I, I mentioned, like, Liu Kang's going just because, like, he was invited, even though they're sending some other guy. They mentioned these two guys that fuse. It's, like, Sing and Sang, and they merge to become Siang or Siang or something. Like, I've... I mean, I'm not, like you know, balls deep in Mortal Kombat lore, but I've never heard of, like, a character who merges together in Mortal Kombat. I thought that was weird. And then there's, like, yeah. this guy named Hydro. Like, he's Sub-Zero's friend, and I was like, oh, duh. okay, you know, water and ice. And then, like, Scorpion takes over this guy's body for a while. Like, I don't remember no Hydro guy either in any other Mortal Kombat lore, but... So, if, if so... You... Spoilers? Go ahead, yeah. Okay. <laughs> No, no, no. Go ahead, Mike. I was just going to say, these guys, I feel like, are just added into this series to goose up the body count, basically. Yeah, that was kind of my thought, too. 
Like my oldest friend Hydro, no. Yeah, yeah. For me, it felt like kind of like when you're watching like a Suicide Squad thing, and you're like, "Ooh, which of these guys are they gonna like kill off? Like, who's who's the most expendable?" And I think with that, it's like, "Oh, guess what? You never heard of this guy Siang before? Well, guess who Goro like rips into like you know two uh-huh. pieces by by the fourth issue? You know, it's like that okay. that kind of thing." Um, and just another like kind of unrelated thing you know like usually on saturday afternoons um i'll go to our twitter and be like you know recording a new show and i'll post some kind of a gif or something so when i went to the bing because i use bing to like search for gifs it's pretty easy that way but um um don't go to bing and search for mortal kombat gifs because it'll give you a bunch of weird like porn stuff and it looks like it's cg (laughs) or something i was like i was looking for like a game gif and there were a few and then there was like some from like the movies and the tv show and the cartoon and stuff and then like i went down like a little bit more and i was like oh my god what is going on (laughs) i was like well someone's uh has an active imagination and has like a setup where they can render some interesting (laughs) stuff (laughs) so yeah, I don't think that's happened when I, like, go and, like, you know, like, when I go search for, like, Star Trek The Motion Picture Gift, like, nothing like that ever came up. <laughs> um, but um, had either of you guys read this before, or was this your first time? Uh, this was this was my very first time, like, I'm reading sorry. almost, oh, almost <laughs> any Mortal Kombat. Like, the only thing okay. I can think of off the top of my head that I might have read that had something to do with Mortal Kombat before was there was a comic that came with the, like, Mortal Kombat versus DC. And so, mm. like, that, yeah, I remember that. Was probably, uh-huh. that was probably the first time I'd ever read a Mortal Kombat comic. But I think I think this was, like, yeah, yeah I, I had never read it, so I just figured, you know, okay, I'll... I'll check this stuff out and see see what's what or whatever like the the other thing that i thought would crack me up that i noticed and i I don't know that i'm gonna pursue this at all but like goro's in like the first like i think two or three issues and then eventually they're like goro gets teleported away to his own miniseries buy that as well and i was just kind (laughs) of like you know what i i i I don't care like i don't i I don't I remember buying that, but I have no memory of what takes place in that because I liked Goro. I was like, oh, cool. Goro has his whole comic. Like, that worked at, for, like, for the time. Like, that worked on me, Derek. Like, I was the chump or Mark that was like, Goro gets his own comic. Badass, man. And I have no memory <laughs> of what happens. <laughs> you know, you know, I, I will say some of the stuff I liked. Like, I think my favorite line was there. There's this like while, while you're saying a bunch of shit happens on a boat. One of the, the some of the shit that happens is they they try to ambush Johnny Cage, and then Liu Kang comes in and has his back, and they they fend off all these assholes along with uh, uh, what is it, Kano or whatever. Like, so so they, they have this great exchange at the end where he's like we have made a lot of enemies this day Johnny Cage and Johnny Cage is like you think this is bad Liu Kang you ought to come to Hollywood and I'm like it's funny because it's true (laughs) (laughs) oh and it's Kano by the way oh yeah yeah Kano sorry see you can tell I'm not I'm not I mean like I played Mortal Kombat but that was never my my big jam like i i'd say i mean i got into like most of the fighting games and i I played mortal Kombat, but i just i never i i don't think i got too much into the lore but i think i think once 
they started doing like the DC versus Mortal Kombat, I think I started paying a little more attention to to mm. the characters and stuff. And I, I I think at that point I was I I ended up retroactively like watching that really bad Mortal Kombat TV series and stuff like oh. that. And I watched some of those. Uh, you, you, you know how they had those web series and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. I watched those, you know, and I thought those were pretty entertaining. Like, I like those. Like, I think most of my friends were also into Mortal Kombat growing up. And then, like, I remember when Mortal Kombat versus DC was announced, we were all like, this has to be a joke, right? Like, this can't be a real thing. And then when it when we found out, like, no, it's a really for real game, we were all, like, super excited and hyped up for it. So, yeah, I, I guess I guess, like, you and Mike, like, you were street fighter fans and you probably like your friends were street fighter fans but like me and my friends growing up we were all like mortal Kombat guys i i I maintained a healthy interest in mortal Kombat too like i generally liked all fighting games i mean street fighter was my favorite but like i was like a crack addict like it was like i had to find like other (laughs) kinds of fighting games too so like you know I, i i pretty much bought and played most of the mortal Kombats up until like um that the first like big reboot like mortal Kombat nine which is like uh the the big like soft reboot i guess of the franchise and um i oh I had... is, that, is that the one with like the first three games combined into one yeah it's the one where yeah. like raiden has to like relive the events of the first yeah it's like that's, yeah, I, that's, I really like that one that's yeah that's one of the best like story modes in any fighting game like ever because it's like it's really good yeah yeah you replay the events of the first three games but raiden kind of like gets these visions where he like has to like change things in history but then he ends up like fucking it up worse than yeah. like, ever before like so like that's a great game what is next raiden tell me the future how do we honor their sacrifice i climb to heaven now I must plunge into the depths. I will go to Quan Chi, ally our realm with his against the forces of Outworld. What? Grovel before Quan Chi? What will he demand? What price will be paid? Would any price be too high to save Earthrealm? I had prayed it not true. But you have gone mad, Raiden. Your visions... They are nothing. Delusions of an adult mind. Liu Kang, please. Enough. I must help the wounded. Leave on your hopeless quest. I had read this before. I like Derek though. I think I probably went back and read it like maybe in like the early 2000s when like you know people were like scanning all this shit like on online and whatever. Not I, that they still don't do that, but I I was about to say I hope you didn't pay three dollars for it. No, no, no. But like <laughs> I think I had a couple of these comics. Like I probably hmm. did buy some of them as a kid, but I I don't think like it wasn't this first issue for sure. And like, you know, I like I have no like nostalgic memories of this issue, but I had read this before. And um, I mean, it's got sort of the same elements like that Derek set up with that the Street Fighter comic does where like things are close enough, but things also feel like off from what they would eventually like evolve. Yeah. Um, like like, for example, like in this series, like Sub-Zero is a good guy and Scorpion's a straight up bad guy, which I mean, in the early years of the franchise is kind of how it went in some, like, media, but as as it would evolve, like, 
the first like original Sub-Zero was a bad guy. And then the yeah. second Sub-Zero, the Luke Perry sleepy Sub-Zero, <laughs> it was the good guy. Like, and his yeah. brother was the bad guy. And Scorpion is more of like an anti-hero, like where, you know, he's just out for revenge. And then like, he kind of eventually ends up aiding them sometimes. But, but yeah, like, I, I mean, I, I think I like this better. Like I like the changes they made better than I did in Street Fighter, but it's still there's still like what they call like early installment weirdness like in this. Mm. But yeah, like all, all those new characters, they end up dying pretty much as this series goes on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're I mean they're pretty much expendable. Like the you know the other thing that I I wanted to to talk about and this sort of applies to where they were eventually going in the canceled Street Fighter comic as well as the Mortal Kombat book. But in the later issues at some point, Johnny Cage shows up and he thinks he sees Sonya Blade. He gives her a kiss on the cheek and is like, hey, baby, I'm glad to see you and all this other stuff. And she's like, get your hands off me. Like, I don't, you know, I don't approve of this. And he's like, what's going on? And all of a sudden, all these guys are attacking him. And it's like, oh, this is for our queen. And it turns out it's a completely different person who looks like he's like basically the spitting image of Sonya Blade down to the same fucking clothes. And like, mm. and she's some totally different character. And And then I believe... In the the Malibu Street Fighter comic, at some point they were going to reveal that Bison made clones of all the Street Fighters. So that would account for Ryu supposedly having murdered that one girl's father because it wasn't really Ryu. It was the evil clone. And I'm like, why... Why do these early adaptations feel the need? I'm going to call it burn splaining, like clever, clever bullshit. Like it's player one and player two with the same character. <laughs> Why does there have to be an in fucking story explanation <laughs> for that stupid shit? Like it's player one, player two. Who fucking cares? It's clones. It's fucking. It's it's some chick who happens to be the spitting image of. I mean, like you know what? Spare the fuck out of me. That's like who cares? Like that stuff. Like get the fuck rid of it because it's it's really fucking stupid. Like I don't that that stuff like kind of drives was, me crazy. I was wondering what the deal with that was because I I, I was kind of thinking is that supposed to be Shang Tsung or something like you know shape changing into her? Mm. But I was like no, it's a real person that just happens to look like Sonya, but. Yeah, uh, ugh, <laughs> ugh. Have you have you guys? Th this is something I didn't get too deep into because I I'm not super familiar with with uh, Mortal Kombat. I'd say as a as a franchise, but like, aren't there like newer comics based on like Mortal Kombat Ten or whatever it is? Like yeah. the, the most the rebooted franchise. Like, have you guys explored any of that? Like, I mean, I I remember I played some of the like I played Mortal Kombat versus DC, and then and then I I ended up getting like that version of Mortal Kombat, and I I forget. I think like. Freddy Krueger was the unlockable character in that or something like that. Like, so anyway, I, I was just curious if you guys had explored any of that, like sort of the more recent versions of that franchise. No, like not the comics, at least like I played through nine and I watched the story modes of 10 and 11 just to keep like up on like what was happening. But like, I never looked further into the fiction, I guess. 
Yeah, I've not read the new comics. I played 10 a little bit. I don't know, maybe two, two hours total playtime. I, I mean, I liked it. I just didn't get a chance to play it anymore. Cool, cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I so, have to admit, even I didn't really spend a lot of time playing I that. I think they I think let, I like, just... the... The the Mortal Kombat X like ten comic like lasted a good while, didn't it? Like I don't yeah, know how yeah. long it did. But... Yeah, I, I I think it at least ran for like over a year, so uh, maybe longer than that. So it's a it's a good like you know mythology, I guess, and like in you know that nine soft reboot like reset everything. So like and and then number eleven like the story mode ends uh, with number eleven ends with the universe restarting completely like not just you know the the mortal combat universe but the universe like so i mean they can do whatever shit they want now i n- now it almost seems like it makes sense why they they paired up uh d c with with mortal combat because they both have a uh, universe ending uh stories and reading, yeah so. well it's like it, it ends with Liu kang having the powers of a god and him and katana being like the adam and eve of a new universe basically so okay weird yeah it, it get it, it gets out there but i mean like i i like mortal kombat like not as much as street fighter but like i said like the mythology is really good and like you know the i think i i've always liked the endings like the character endings for mortal kombat better than street fighter because they all hint at the next game basically like stuff that like in mortal kombat 2 or i think like some of the endings in that all hint at like what's going to happen in mortal kombat 3 and like vite and, and, and like it keeps going on like some of the endings of Mortal Kombat 3 mention uh Shinnok which is the boss of Mortal Kombat 4 so like there's all this is like years apart between games but they're all pretty much interconnected really well i think i my last thing that i was going to mention just before i forget is the the writer of the Mortal Kombat Malibu Blood and Thunder is Charles Marshall and that was already mentioned but i i guess i was just going to mention it in the context of this is the same guy who wrote like the 90s Malibu Planet of the Apes series and that that Ape Nation miniseries that i did a mm. show Siskoid over on FW team up. So that, you know, that, that was something, some baggage I brought to it where I was like, Oh, I like those, you know, I like those planet of the apes comics and everything. So I was like, Oh, like this guy must know what he's doing. Like, this will probably be pretty cool and stuff. And I mean, you know, given that there is a large cast of characters to juggle and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I I think he did what he could with it. It, I, I will say it seems like, it seems like Len Straczewski kind of did some of the phone service of like, hey, I'm a fan of the game. I played it for a whole two weeks before I wrote this comic. <laughs> and and but where where you read the write up for, you know, the the Mortal Kombat series in the back and the, and it's got Charles Marshall going, yeah, you know, every time it's my lunch break, you know, I'll go down and pop a few quarters and I get to be, you know, sub zero for, you know, a half an hour and you know, then when some nine-year-old kid kicks my ass, I have to stop. But you know, I I I got into it and everything, and I I go down there all the time. And I, for me, I don't know that that felt like, you know, in, instead of being like I I put you know nine hundred and fifty-two hours into my Mortal Kombat playtime, you know, or like trying to like boast about it to sound legit. It's like he sounded more legit to me than Straczynski just without trying i guess if that makes any sense so that's that that was kind of my my final take on on that whole thing 
Noise. Anything else, or do you want to move on to KI? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. We can do that. So this is this is what I brought to the to the fighting game comics party. I, I brought Killer Instinct. Killer, killer. Yeah. So I I like Killer Instinct. Um, that was, I, I think I played the shit out of the Super Nintendo version and it came with a little CD that has like all the songs and everything on it. So I love that game. I, I, <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. 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 I, I, I love playing that a whole bunch. So th- this was sort of on my radar. I mean, I, I guess, I guess to put it in context, you know, I own copies of Street Fighter 2. I own copies of Killer Instinct. I don't think I ever owned a copy of Mortal Kombat until it was on like, you know, next gen systems, you know, like on a PS3 or something like that, you know. So so just to put that in context, like, I mean, I like I said, I played Mortal Kombat. I went to the arcades and played it and I played it with friends and maybe rented the cartridge or borrowed a cartridge or something like that. But I don't think that was one of the games I'd ever owned. But I definitely owned cartridges for Street Fighter 2 and, and Killer Instinct. Um, Killer Instinct issue number one uh, has a cover date of June 1996, and the on-sale date was May 22nd, 1996. The cover price was a whopping $2.50. And, of course, this is part of my nefarious master plan to get Mike and Justin to read more Valiant comic books, because this is published by Acclaim Comics Incorporated, which is basically Valiant Comics. The writer is Art Holcomb. The penciler is Bart Sears. Uh, the inker is Randy Elliott. Colorist is Twilight Graphics. Letterer, Wilfredo Quintana. Editor, Omar Benmali. And the cover artist, it's kind of like this CG kind of computer rendering, uh, is uh, credited as Rareware. So, the title is Enemy of My Enemy, which is basically the first issue of uh, three comic books based on the the Killer Instinct universe. We open during a Killer Instinct tournament where TJ Combo is in the middle of a brutal fight with Riptor. He pummels the dinosaur, the DNA-saur, to death, winning his 17th consecutive match of the tournament and is congratulated by the chairman of Ultra Tech. The chairman then consults with his assistant tech, telling her to bring TJ Combo to meet him the following day before his next match. As the chairman walks, he speaks with another assistant, Maddox, and tells him of voices he's heard in his dreams that urge him to continue with the full gore and limbo project. A flashback then occurs to the previous morning where TJ is meeting with the chairman and the tech in his office to have bionics recalibrated and to discuss future matches, including a match with Spinal. During the procedure, the tech takes the chairman's passkey. Maddox witnesses this on the security cameras and is amused. Later that day, TJ Combo battles Spinal and narrowly escapes defeat at the hands of the ghoulish skeleton. Meanwhile, Jago speaks with the Tiger Spirit concerning the growing evil that is beginning to threaten the world. The next day, when TJ is scheduled to meet with the chairman, 
He is dismayed to learn that he will no longer have his bionics enhanced and that the chairman feels he's strong enough as he is. Still addicted to the rush of the enhanced power, TJ Combo heads to a back alley business, the Manly Electron, to get the enhancements on his own. Meanwhile, the chairman shows his colleagues the latest prototype for the Fulgore X-150. However, when the newest board member, Mr. Johnson, questions how well the Fulgore unit takes commands, the chairman shoves Johnson out the window of the Ultratech building. Later, the chairman heads back to the tournament, where the next match is about to occur between TJ Combo and Fulgore. TJ is almost instantly defeated by the brutal robot, and the chairman is delighted by Fulgore's victory. As the onlookers wonder where TJ's personal tech has run off to, we can see she's off to use the chairman's passkey for a purpose as yet unknown. To be continued! Dun, dun, dun. So yeah, that, that is the first issue of Killer Instinct, and... Uh, I guess I'll just kick it off with like it, it's probably been like I don't know what ni- 1996 what is it 96 2006 2006 16 and what three more years so what is that like 23 years I don't know anyway it's been a long fucking time since I read this I was I mean I was pretty into Killer Instinct and I think initially before I I was going to get on the podcast and talk to you guys about this, I was kind of at least going to come away with like, like try to brag like, hey, at least the art in this doesn't suck. Like, like kind of, you know, but what was funny is like, I, I think I'm starting to realize like a lot of the love I have for Bart Sears art comes from like some of the Keith Giffen breakdowns in Justice League Europe because it's like, he already has like the the storytelling and kind of dynamic poses done for him and like this issue reminds me a little more of like his his work on like Marvel's Blade where it's just kind of like wild and crazy and I, I I don't know how to explain it but it's like I I feel like the 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 page with TJ Combo fighting with with Spinal like should be a lot cooler but I don't know. There's something about it that's just, I don't know. It, it just doesn't seem as exciting as it should, I guess. And so I, I guess, you know, for me, I'm like, the art looks nice, but the storytelling, I think, isn't as solid as when he's got, you know, somebody else doing like the, the breakdowns for him. But I, I'm, I, I'm assuming, and I, I could be wrong, but I, I imagine this is the first time either of you has read this at all. You are correct. Um, this specific issue, but I did own issue three. Oh, okay, okay. Now, now that that's what's interesting for me because it's like I was I was enticed by this mainly by the art, right? Because I like Bart Sears, so I remember I picked this up from the comics shop, and and I think I followed it to the at least the third maybe issue or second issue or whatever but like because sean chen does the art in the second issue and i think i was fine with his art even though i was disappointed it wasn't consistent but i think by the third issue like i just uh, i was like i looked at it and i was like no like this is not i i don't i don't want to keep reading this basically and so at that point i kind of stopped but you know that's that that was kind of my whole take on it i mean the the other thing that's interesting for me is like this 
this issue focuses mostly on TJ Combo, and then they've got like Riptor and Spinal. Spinal's a pretty cool character, but I can't say he was my favorite to play when I was I was playing Killer Instinct. Like the the irony to me is, I think my favorite character, as you may or may not be able to tell by my avatar, is Glacius, and like I love playing as Glacius, and like there's a, uh, I think following these three issues. There are three issues of what they call the Killer Instinct uh, special, and like those specials are kind of like they're kind of like IDW Transformers spotlights. Like there's a little more focus on like specific characters and stuff like that. And the the second issue of the you know the second special, I guess, focuses almost exclusively on Glacius. So like even though the art in that wasn't like the greatest art in the world. Like I did really like the story for that. Like this, I, I can see, I mean, it kind of gets convoluted. Like it's not quite, you know, it's like some kind of weird post-apocalyptic future. It's like taking a, a fighting game like street fighter or mortal Kombat and kind of sandwiching it with like something like resident evil, where there's like an evil corporation, this ultra tech that's doing all these weird genetic experiments. And, and that's part of the tournament style of, of fighting and everything. It kind of, you know, so I, you know, I, it, it seems to take a bunch of different things from these genres and kind of, you know, just smash them together and hope it's like a, a really good peanut butter and jelly sandwich. But I don't know, you might have like some some mustard and carrots thrown in there that are kind of weird tasting, you know, I guess. So, I mean, I, I kind of get that, but I, I guess my, my only other thing was I was just trying to focus on, I guess, some of my favorite characters are not featured in this initial first issue. Like, I like Glacius a lot. I like Thunder. He's the, the Native American character on the cover, and, like, he had a cool move where he could, like, shoot out like a little firebird and he'd be like i think he said like phoenix when he did it or whatever so like that was pretty cool i liked like glacius had a move where he was kind of like it, it was kind of like the shore you but it's like he he basically iced up out of the ground and like just like punched you like he was sort of i don't know like like a liquid t2 terminator guy or something like that and i i, I remember enjoying playing as as him as well so like you know the, some of the characters that i like might not necessarily be focused on in this but i i still thought like this would be a fun thing to bring i, I still thought this would be a fun thing to bring to like a, a fighting game comic discussion you you wouldn't know it but at one point like killer instinct was like my favorite game like there was a brief point it was right when the n64 came out where, like, my friend, I didn't have an N64, but my friend did, and, like, you got, like, Super Mario 64 with it, but the only other game he had with it was uh, Killer Instinct Gold, which was the home port of Killer Instinct 2, and I had played, like, the original Killer Instinct on Super NES, and I liked it, and I'd played it in the arcade, and I liked it, but, like, for a few solid months, like, all we played was, like, Killer Instinct Gold, and, like, I always liked that game for, like, I would describe it as, like, you were, Derek, you were, like, saying, like, how it's a mix of certain things. Like, I'd almost describe it as, like, a mix of Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat, almost. Like, I I always felt it played, like, Street Fighter in terms of mechanics, but then it had, like, fatalities and stuff, like Mortal Kombat. So, like, I for a brief time, I thought it was kind of, like, the best of both worlds and, like, yeah, like I, I used to play this game a lot. Um, 
I had, oh, actually, my cousins had the third issue of this comic, and, like, I read it, and I, like, was so into Killer Instinct at the time, like, I, I was like, can I, like, have this or trade for it or whatever, and I, I think I traded some, like, Spider-Man comics to them for, like, the third issue, and, like, all, like I, I went ahead and read the first three issues of this, because I was like, oh, I, I think it's the second or third issue I had, so I got the nostalgia hit of like rereading the third issue, which I thought had pretty decent art. Like I, I, I forgot. Did, did you see who drew the third issue? I didn't even look. I forget. I think it was Dale Eaglesham maybe. Like, yeah. Like, that drew the third issue. I, I, I think I, I, I tended to like the art in that issue, but all, all like, like I, I got the pure nostalgia hit where you like, you know, you read something you hadn't read in like 20 something years and you're like, oh, I remember that because I, I remember Jago like saying like as a like, I don't know, like exclaiming like I guess it might have would have become his catchphrase if, if, the, if the comic went on or, or maybe just something he said it, like saying like in shock, like demon dogs, like like <laughs> I don't know, like he's fighting idol or whatever. And he's like demon dogs like I, and like when I read that, I was like, I, I was transported to being like a 13 year old again. Like I was like, oh, I remember that. Yeah. Then uh, I, I, I like Killer Instinct and I'm sad that I never got into the new version of it, which I guess I, I could still do. Like, I guess it's downloadable on like Xbox Live. But like they when the Xbox One came out, like it was a launch downloadable game, like the latest Killer Instinct game. But I never got it. And I was like, oh, maybe I should have looked into that. But like Killer Instinct, like kind of got lost with the times and I never went back to it. But yeah, for a brief time, it was like one of my favorite like fighting games. I, I think I considered that Xbox release, but like I think what turned me off is like I think one of the discs was like a disc with like nothing on it. And you had to keep buying to like play other characters and stuff. And yeah, I think by now, like, now they have like, the, them. yeah, so I think now they have like the definitive, you know, pay $40 and you get everything that's in the game. Like I, I, I might be curious about that. Yeah, I like, was thinking it like one of, I know two of the download characters are like a Spartan from halo and like the arbiter. So I was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's I, cool. like, I, I saw that. Like, cause I, I was trying to watch trailers of those characters. Cause I was under the misimpression, like, you know, I, I was like, my memories got slightly skewed because I was thinking, like, the, the only thing I really remember is I played it in the arcades and I played the crap out of that SNES cartridge. And I only knew the characters from the original arcade game and that cartridge. So, I, you know how you talk about you play Killer Instinct Gold? Like, I never had Killer Instinct Gold. So I don't think I realized that, like, what is it tusk and 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 uh kim woo and like all the like i I didn't know any of the new kind of kind of like it'd be like if i played street fighter but i wasn't familiar with like the alpha three or street fighter four characters or what you know what i mean like like so it's like it's like some of those characters like what was funny was and 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 maybe justin will get me back or whatever because i ended up reading dynamite did a killer instinct comic book adaptation as well so i read that before we got on to do this just because i was curious but for me i was like looking at these characters and i'm like i don't know who the fuck these guys are like who are the you know like like this is killer instinct for real like i'm like where's glacius where's fulgore like where's cinder and all this other stuff and then eventually like i saw they had like redesigns of like cinder and glacius and then i, I think jago was one of the main guys with like it was like 
Kim Wu and I think Tusk or whatever his name is. And like, I was just kind of like, Oh, okay. So I'm like, this is, these guys really are killer instinct characters. And then later I was like, Oh, they're from killer instinct gold. And I was like, well, I never played that. So that would explain why I'm not like, super familiar with them. I feel like Justin would really like Tusk. Cause he's like Conan mixed with Kazar or something. I, I kind of thought he was almost like their, at least the way the comic book, the Dynamite comic portrayed it. I almost thought of him as like a knockoff Thor because his he's got like his wolf sword, but it's kind of mystical and, and, you know, it, it's almost like he, he, he's kind of like, you know, like like basically like when Riptor, who's like basically like this kind of, you know, genetically manipulated velociraptor like fighting beast, he's kind of like... Oh, you purport to be a dragon, little one, do you? <laughs> and he like just kind of slashes him away and stuff like that. So it's like <laughs> I don't know. He he, he kind of reminded me of Thor, like for the most part. Justin, and then, what what's? Oh, god. Oh, all I was gonna say was I I was having this weird thing because I was like like what is like because I I didn't know who Kim Wu was and then I got like interested in like who she was supposed to be and they made her like the lead character almost in that comic book so I was like what you know what's her deal like what is she about and all this other stuff and it's almost like so apparently she's half Korean and half Chinese and and then she's got like this to, to me, it's like it's like imagine if the wolf fang, like Yamcha's wolf fang fist, was like a dragon, and like apparently it's like genetic and 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 gets passed down between like ancestors, kind of like the Iron Fist or something like that. But like the way they wrote her, I was kind of like, it kind of reminds me of like a Chinese Buffy the Vampire Slayer, you know, like she's kind of got like a spunky attitude and she's always making like pop culture references and kind of, you know, I don't know. She just seems really like sharp and witty and that kind of thing. So I I don't know. Anyway, that was kind of my take on it. Is that the character whose like final move she would like open her shirt and flash you? No, Uh, that's, that's Orchid. Like, oh, okay. That was Orchid's fatality in the first one, and I think they See, removed it for the second one. So, See, that that's how spotty my memory of this game is. Like, I remember, like, um, there I had a buddy from middle school, and, like, whenever I would go to his house, like, this is something we would play. Like, this is, like, a strong memory from those times. Like, what I remember most about going to his house is, like, he bought the Men in Black soundtrack after we watched the movie. And he had it on repeat for like five hours because we would stay up to like five or six, you know, reading our reading each other's comics and playing video games. And I remember he had that on repeat while we were playing Killer Instinct. It seems like we would always play Killer Instinct when I was at his house. But I remember he um he got his mom to play uh, Killer Instinct with him, and he did that move, the flashing move, and he got grounded for it, and he like couldn't <laughs> play any video games for a while. And I was like, "Well, dude, what were I you think... thinking? Like that was a dumb move." I know. I'm pretty sure they removed it in Killer Instinct Two, because people complained about it. So. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I, I, I was just I was just gonna ask you, Justin, what your history of Killer Instinct was. That's that's pretty much it. Like I played it um, at that friend's house. I played uh, Gold on the sixty four a little bit. Like I had a buddy who had a sixty four, and we would trade games. And I remember I don't think I ever borrowed his copy, but I think I played it at his house a little bit. And that's kind of the end of my Killer Instinct uh, timeline. I mean, I liked the game. It was just something that I never like wanted to own i guess i don't know like i i had characters i liked like i liked playing as riptor and 
the skeleton guy and like when i was the skeleton guy i would Spinal. just imagine i yeah i would just imagine i was like one of the skeleton warriors from like you know uh jason and the argonauts or something but yeah i mean i i liked the the series i just was never i like let me put it this way like i liked it but i was not Derek levels of like into it yeah yeah well that makes and, sense and uh, I had never read this before. Like, I, you know, you were talking about, like, Dynamite uh, Killer Instinct comics. I didn't know this existed, let alone some Dynamite comics. But, like, I, I kind of mentioned this to you guys, like, before we started recording. Like, I didn't like any of these three comics. And <laughs> this one, like, I just couldn't focus on it. I don't know what it was. Like, that, that first page is really great. Like, that's some really great art. Like, you want to talk about the artwork? Like... I think of the three comics we read, this one has the best artwork, and that's a really great page. But then after that, I think the artwork gets a little not like not bad, but just a little lazy. And then I don't know, I just couldn't focus on any of the the rest of the book. And you got characters in here, or like I have no idea who they are. You've got like not Kingpin and not Boyd, like doing some cyber stuff <laughs> and shenanigans. And I'm just like, okay, Fulgore. I remember Fulgore. And I'm like, kind of like Derek, I'm like, well, where's the Glacier guy? And like, where's, you know, some of these other characters that I, I kind of remember. But yeah. I, I don't I don't think that's your fault that you can't focus on it, because I, I think that's a good way to put it, because I think that and this is just my supposition, but I, I really feel like some of the love I have for Bart Sears comes from you know, certainly Justice League Europe, but like, you know, Invasion or whatever it was. But like a lot of that was was from breakdowns from Keith Giffen. So it's like a lot of the, the things that you're citing is a lack of focus. Like like that's why this issue now in hindsight, when I'm looking at it, reminds me of of some of Bart Sears work on Blade, because if you ever read those, it's like it's almost like there's not traditional comic panels and he'll draw like you know, full figure images of Blade, and then there'll be, like, little panels attached to the full figure, and it'll be a splash page, and you're like, I don't even know how to fucking read this. You know, like, what what direction do I start in? Like, what word balloon do I read first? And, like, I, when you said that, it kind of clicked for me, because I'm like, yeah, there there really is a lack of focus on on some of the the storytelling, I guess, because, because it's hard to quite, I don't know. It's not quite clear how, how exactly you're supposed to read it. Even though the art looks really clean, it looks really nice. Like I still enjoy it. Like I, I, I still think I could get away with saying this book has the best art of all three of the books we've read. But I, I think you might be able to make the argument that some of the even as, as maybe, not not as strong style wise as some of the art is in those other two books. You might be able to make the argument that some of it was more the storytelling was a little cleaner. You know that you yeah. could follow the stories better, even if you were, if you didn't like the the aesthetic of the art. Whereas I think mm. this has a really strong aesthetic. Like it looks really clean, it looks really cool, but it, it might be a little more difficult to follow. And you know what I thought was funny was, I mean, technically that tech girl. I guess. I mean, this is my interpretation of it. She steals the card key, and then the next issue, Orchid takes the card key into the not-kingpin's tower, 
and and gets all this secret information. So my take on it is, well, isn't she supposed to be like a super sleuth or something like that? I guess she was just disguised as the tech, you know? But, like, they never... There's never a scene where she, like, Wonder Woman twirls and then she's orchid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you just... You just have to make that fucking assumption, I guess, because because it's not really spelled out or anything, which kind of surprised me, I guess. But this yeah. it, this first issue also has like the like friggin' Phantom Menace problem, where you're like, who's the main character? Like you mm. you'd assume it's supposed to be like TJ Combo, but because he yes. gets the most focus, but he's not really a likable character, and he's you know, and he, then he dips out of focus, like in the next issue. So. Well, yeah, that, that yeah, that's what's really weird about it because it's like it's like he goes away and then comes back for like the final fight at the end, you know. But it's like if the if the what cracks me up is I I think the main character was supposed to be Orchid, but you don't know that that tech girl is Orchid at all in this first issue. You know, so like that's, I, I didn't make that connection. Yeah, no. yeah. It's so weird, right? Like, I mean, I, I'm just. I'm just making the assumption that that's the case because, like, how else does Orchid get that key card, right? Like, and yeah, and then and then and then even then, like, you might be willing to say it's got that not even Phantom Menace syndrome, but like the the what is it, Attack of the Clone syndrome, where you're like, well, wait a minute, like, you know, Orchid and 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 Jago almost have like equal Obi Wan Anakin screen time, so you're not really sure who's supposed to be the central protagonist. And then, you know, by the time all said and done, you've got all these other guys pulling a Yoda and doing spinny bullshit to help them. So you're like, I don't. Yeah. And, and, and you know, I, I felt like the storytelling was a lot stronger in the specials because usually they only focused on like one character, maybe two max. And, and everybody else was kind of off to the sidelines and, and it worked a little better. Like, like I said, I really liked the issue where it focused on Glacius. And then they even had one that focused on Thunder, which is, again, one of the characters I really keyed in on. And what was cool about that was, I mean, you could probably see it coming a mile away, but like, like there's this cool bit where it turns out one of the Fulgors is his brother Eagle, who he's been looking for the whole time. So it's like, I don't know, I, I just thought all that stuff was kind of cool. Like, I, I, I forget if that's part of the, the game canon or not, but I, I was like, I still think that's a cool <laughs> idea, you know? So I kind of felt bad because, like, I sat down and read Mike's book, and I was like, oh, man, P.U., that was awful. And I took a break and, like, ate a sandwich, and then I sat down to read this, and I just I just couldn't focus on it. And I was like, what? what is even going on here? I was like, well, maybe it's just me and, you know, I, I can't remember half these characters or something. So, like, I took another break and came back to it, like, an hour later. I was like, all right, I'm going to focus on this. And I just, I, I don't know, I just couldn't get into it or focus on it. Like, even even some of the, like, fighting pages, like, I just, I was just like, I don't understand what's going on. And I felt kind of dumb. I was like, well, maybe it's me. Maybe I'm going to skip a duty head or something. No, no, I, I don't think so. Because I, I, <laughs> okay. I heard... I've heard people say that about Bart Sears art and, and sometimes I felt combative about it at the time where I was like, well, wait mm -hmm. a minute, like Bart Sears is cool. Like, like you shut your mouth, you know, you shut your <laughs> dirty pie hole or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, like I, I, I get into that mode, but you know, I, I think I understand, you know, cause, cause you've, you've kind of explained it pretty elegantly. Like you, you basically, you, you have a tough time focusing on it and I don't think it's your fault. I think there's not, in a lot of the pages, there's not a central focus. It's like, what the hell is 
TJ combo, you know, not Balrog, not Mike Tyson punching at. Like, <laughs> like, what, why, why does, why does Spinal like look like he's like surfing and not fighting? You know, like, like there's, and, and it's like, where, where's the focus on that page? Like, what, what exactly should I be looking at? Like TJ combo missing a hit? Like Spinal about to flame sword him? Like, I, I, you know, I don't know. Like, there's, and there's a lot of like pages like that where you're like. I'm not exactly sure what the, you know, there's not a good job in terms of storytelling of showing you, okay, this is the primary thing you need to focus on. Like even, even that opening splash page, like it's cool that he's, he's beating up Riptor, but it's almost like Jimmy Olsen took a snapshot of Superman, like hitting Doomsday after Doomsday fell on the sidewalk, not when he made Mm. impact Doomsday's face. And like, there's something about that that's like, well, wait a minute. Why why are you showing us two seconds later? Like like comics are supposed to be like the capturing like the primary, you know, like the the, the major beat in in that panel. Otherwise, there's no point in isolating it. And I, I feel like maybe part of the lack of focus is it's like he takes a snapshot of stuff like three seconds after that moment. And it, and, and that makes you feel weird. Cause you're like, well, wait a minute, where's, you know, where's the, the real punch. I don't want to see like the, the app, you know, I don't want to see the fall to the ground unless, unless we were supposed to like, I don't know, feel bad for Riptor or something. You know what I mean? Like, but that's not what was <laughs> going on in that scene. Like, and, and in some cases you're like, wait, it looks like they're fighting in a gym, but then it's televised. And like, I mean, I don't know. There, there's a lot of things like that just in that one scene where you, it's, it's, it's just slightly askew. And I, I understand what you mean by when you say like, it was hard for me to focus. Cause I think you've hit the nail on the head because I think there's a lack of focus in the, in the storytelling, at least yeah, in terms of, terms of the art you know i I was gonna say like uh, taking all three comics we've read tonight like into consideration i feel like the general art style has gotten better progressively but the visual storytelling has gotten worse (laughs) like like i think street fighter was the easiest to follow um like then mortal kombat then this and then but Street Fighter had the worst art in general than Mortal Kombat, than this, like, like better, getting progressively you know, a little I, better. As I kept reading that Mortal Kombat book, they switched artists at some point, and I, I think I liked, like, the, the the tail end, like, when it was, like, issues five or six or something like that. Like, I mean, it, and it was just a style thing, like, but I, I just, I thought, like, some of that art later on was, was, I preferred that to some of the initial issues, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, uh, I this first issue isn't much to speak of, but like, yeah, that 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 I went ahead and read the next two, and the third issue, like I said, rung some like nostalgic bells for me, and I I even liked the art the best out of all three issues, but yeah, I mean, this issue was like Justin, like I, I kind of had a hard time focusing on it too, like and like I never even picked up on that orchid connection either. Yeah, I, I don't know how you would like like I mean they they really don't spell it out. But I mean the the only the only thing that I noticed is why is Orchid able to sabotage you know because it's like if they were two different characters, what happened to the tech? Like she's never mentioned ever again. And I was just like, well, I think Orchid's backstory is she's supposed to be like a espionage type character. So I was like, well, I guess. 
I guess she was the tech. Speak, speaking of Star Wars, too, her and Jago are secret sister and brother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, guess what? I can give you a blood transfusion. Now get out of my brother's hospital room. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's an actual scene. You know, like, so. If I don't make it back, you're the only hope for the Alliance. Luke, don't talk that way. You have a... Oh, yeah! I, I don't understand and could never have. You're wrong, Leia. You have that... Oh, yeah! Too. In time, you'll learn to use it as I have. Oh, yeah! It's strong in my family. I always, like, uh, just in general about Killer Instinct, like, I, I, I'm not sure about number one, but number two always had a cool mechanic about like the story and like the endings like depending on who you did a fatality on your ending would change like like say for example if you were jago and you played through and you kill you did a fatality on orchid when you fought her like the ending wouldn't mention orchid at all but if you mm. didn't kill orchid it would say oh and jago found out he had a hidden sister and like you know mm. a secret sister and him and orchid teamed up and did awesome stuff so like like, I always thought that was kind of cool. I, I thought you were going to say, like, they had a tragic ending where it's like, and then Jago found out he had a hidden sister, and he killed her. <laughs> no. Only, no, you only don't find out she's your sister if you do kill her. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, I, I have a lot of fondness for Killer Instinct, too. And, like like I said, I was, like, a crack addict in the 90s for fighting games. So like, Yeah, I, you know, I, I had a bunch. Like, I, I did, like, the 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 Zord fighting game with like the Power Rangers and Justice League Task Force and like all that shit. Like I was, I was all over that too. So yeah. Like I, I've been trying to write my top 10 fighting games list for like forever. And I've got like seven honorable mentions at this point. And I'm like, I like, I it was like, should I do my top 15 favorite fighting games? And then I'm like, no, no, I gotta like, I, it's hard to narrow shit down. Hmm. I was really into Tekken for a long time. I think that was the first fighting game where like, I made an effort to see every character's ending. I used to do that with all my games, Justin. I had to beat yeah. it with everyone. I, I didn't feel that need until Tekken. I, I was, I don't know, I was just really into Tekken. <laughs> you know, honestly, like, I never was into Tekken. Like, I, I played it a little bit. Like, one of my friends had it for, like, PlayStation, whichever one was there, and I played it a little, but that's one of the ones I didn't, like, kind of... I feel like the more realistic a fighter was, the less interested it, I was in it. Like, they had to shoot fireballs or look like, you know, crazy anime characters for me to look, you know, be interested in it, basically. Tekken had a devil guy and a guy in a tiger mask and um, a robot and a kangaroo. <laughs> and d didn't they have a bear, too? Like Yeah, Kuma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kuma. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. And, uh, and, of course, a Bruce Lee... Uh... Knockoff. They all have Bruce Lee knockoffs. Mm -hmm. Every fighting game in the '90s had to have a Bruce Lee knockoff and a Native American guy. Like, yeah. you know, you had Night Chief Thunder. Yeah, Nightwolf, Chief Thunder, Thunderhawk. Like, you know, whoever else. Like, yeah, I really liked playing as Nightwolf in World Combat Three. Mike, what about Bone Storm? <laughs> Bone Storm. Buy me Bone Storm or go to hell. <laughs> All I did was put in my name. <laughs> Thrill House. <laughs> <laughs> and it says, Welcome Thrill Ho. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
That's good stuff. I'm glad. Like, I, I'm glad I talked you guys into this because, like I said, like it, it feeds an old addiction of mine, and like you know, and, and just because, like, I, I kind of like you know, we we picked all the first issues, but later on there are good comics for at least Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat. I know, and you you said there's like a later Killer Instinct comic too, right? Yeah, Derek? it was it was all right. I mean, I think Justin might like some of it. Like like, like we were saying, like I think he'd like the Tusk character. I mean that 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 modern one kind of focuses on uh, Kim Wu and Jago and and Tusk is like the the lead heroic characters and then there there were other characters that i sort of had to educate myself about you know like where you know because they weren't part of that initial games run like there's a lot of i guess vampires and stuff and 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 kind of like demon devil guys and stuff so you know they it, it's almost like it's a post-apocalyptic type thing or or almost like a a walking dead thing with like you know super hero fighter guys or whatever thrown in the mix well all, all i can say is where's the virtual fighter comic i think justin was like giving me flashbacks like wasn't there a live action tekken movie i feel like i watched that or something uh-huh yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Where, yeah where's so. the where's the clay fighter comic <laughs> or primal rage Actually, primal I liked primal, yeah, probably I liked Primal Rage actually. Yeah. Like when I was big into dinosaurs, that was you know. <laughs> it should be like Steven Spielberg's Primal Rage. <laughs> like, yeah, so I, I, I'm, I'm all done. I don't know about you guys. But... Toasty. I feel, I, I feel like I would be neglect if I didn't point out that that Kilgore reminded me of Predator, and that it was kind of like playing a Predator in a fighting game or something. But other than that, I think oh, I... a full full gore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I always like I liked him. He was probably my favorite because he was like the robot guy. So yeah, I I, I always thought his aesthetic. He kind of looked like a predator knockoff. So I was like, oh, that was kind of fun to to see. But yeah, other than that, I think I think I'm tapped. I think I'm good. I think I've been KO'd. You lose, uh, Derek. Finish him. All right. So if you have any other questions concerns and or if you're like you know what do you mean you gotta uh sneak up on chun li with a rape face and let her <laughs> call you a pig before you get some action uh you can send us angry emails at fanalspodcast at gmail.com we are on all kinds of social media we're on tumblr twitter instagram facebook we appreciate all the likes hearts shares retweets etc that we receive and if you want to check out the backlog of episodes of comics, motherfucker, do you read them? You can check them out over on the fanholspodcast.blogspot.com. We have a bunch of other shows in addition to comics, motherfucker, do you read them? Um, we've got all kinds of stuff on there, so you can check those out. And until the next time, this is going to be Derek, Derek WC. <laughs> Signing off. Hey, it's Mike, and Orchid's boobs are so good, they make your head explode. <laughs> and this is Justin signing off. Friendship. Friendship. I'm so mad about Ken's death, I'm going to blow up this entire podcast. Sonic Boom!
it's the newest one, isn't it? I think so. Yeah. yeah maybe it just hasn't like maybe maybe there's some like like skanky ass like unofficial listing for <laughs> it that doesn't come up in the search like yet, but skanky ass, skanky ass listing, <laughs> skanky ghetto ass listing. I feel like I feel like that's something that Jared Leto Joker would say. Just <laughs> skanky ass. Hunka hunka. Hunka hunka. What is it? Their fucking constitution. Isn't, isn't like the first article of their constitution make more babies? I mean, yeah. right? Like, I mean, I, I guess that's one way to do it. Like, I don't know. Like, yeah. I guess. And Nightcrawler was the one to propose that. So he's like, yes, right. more tail for the fuzzy dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I I didn't hate Superman Year One, but it, it it did like it did seem like those two were kind of like shoehorned in at the end, and there yeah. was like no real ending per se. You know, <laughs> like I feel like like I, even like Batman's dialogue, I felt like he was like friggin' like. <laughs> like like he was friggin' like Beavis with no butt head or something. Like, <laughs> was, I don't know. Like Superman's like you know like oh we're gonna fight and like Batman's like yeah yeah we're gonna fight like yeah yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I got a whole utility belt full of stuff for you. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Superman, you know what? <laughs> fire fire fire, fire with fire. my vision. <laughs> I'm getting kind mm-hmm. of ti- like at first I thought it was okay, but I'm getting ca- t- kind of tired of like everyone like fawning over Eddie Brock. Like, like mm-hmm. you know, he was like using Cap's shield in this and stuff, and Cap was like, you know, can I get a turn with that old buddy? Like, <laughs> <laughs> they're such great friends from way back. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Remember all the great adventures they had, Mike? I do. Uh, I've been reading your articles, Mister. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's like, are we still fumigating that homeless commune you live in like this weekend, Eddie, old pal? Like, you know, I got, I got to talk to Mrs. Jennifer. You know, Steve, I got, you know, I got, I got to discuss things. With you, know, you know, you know what I'm saying? Because I'm a reporter, I got to find out, you know, if it's okay with her. Because you know, I got, I got a little monster inside of me. You know, you know how it is, Cap. I posted in that Bartog thread. They're doing. <laughs> That another like Hawkeye mini series soon, but it's written by Matt Rosenberg. Ew. Yeah, I saw. What? I what? felt really bad for you when I saw that. What is he written? He wrote that last that... awful X Men run right before. Hickman. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the boring oh, no. as shit resurrection of Jean Grey, where nothing happens. Oh yeah, no! And, and the Punisher run that just concluded, <clears throat> which was also awful. Oh mm. yeah. And it, it's like the the write up they put for that new Hawkeye miniseries is like, like someone there's an all new Ronin in town and he's like murdering people. Like Hawkeye needs to figure out who this new Ronin is and why he's stolen like his identity. And I'm like, fucking, they did that already. Like freaking, uh, what's his face? Uh, the Hawkeye and Mockingbird series did that like ten friggin' years ago. Uh huh. And it turned out to be Red Guardian was the new Ronin. Yeah, let's back say wasn't then. it yeah. Red Guardian? Yeah. It'd be funny if it was him again. <laughs> yeah, totally it's, original. It's me again. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't think I'd do it again, but I told you. you. you your, but your, I did. Your expectation was it would be someone different, but we subverted your expectation. Uh. <laughs> 
you got you done got subverted. So you want to? Uh, yeah, I'm, you I'm, get... done, I'm done ranting about stuff that's made me angry this week. <laughs> you, you guys want to want to do this? Like let's let's, yeah, let's let's rant about stuff that made me angry like twenty something years 20, ago. twenty years ago. Yeah. Okay. <laughs>